The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, Chicago Bears fans? Welcome to my podcast. This is T-Formation Conversation. My name is Lester A. Wolfong Jr. and it has been a while, right? You know, I just haven't had much time to record lately, you know, with family, uh, the real job, uh, my main side gig as editor-in-chief at Windy City Gridiron, and of course school, taking up all my free time. Uh, but I got spring break this week, so it's time to get back to my side gig number two, hosting T-Formation Conversation. Uh, but but luckily our, our, our WCG podcast channel has been plenty busy uh, with Robert Schmitz's Bear With Me and Bears Over Beers featuring Jeff Burkus and EJ Snyder cranking our awesome show after awesome show. They've been doing a great job with that. Uh, but with the 2019 NFL Draft, it's on the horizon. It's here in a couple days. I had to get someone on the show to share some of their draft takes with us. And we're so fortunate at WCG that we have two draft gurus on staff. It's like having our very own uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, if you will, uh, with our guys EJ Snyder and my guest at this time, Jacob Infante. Jacob, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Lester. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Hey, uh, before we get into the draft, I want to give you some kudos on getting into Missouri in the fall. Congrats on that. Oh, thank you. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. I'm assuming you're going to study journalism broadcasting? Yeah, that's going to be the goal. Uh, probably double major, get something oh. in business, but yeah. You got to well, have that but, business to fall back on. That's good. Yeah, definitely. All right, so so besides killing draft contact for us, uh, you also covered the NFL draft for USA Today's uh, The Draft Wire. So this time of year has to be equal parts really, really busy, but also really fun for you, right? Oh yeah, I mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna have my hands full with a lot of different stuff, uh, both at Windy City Gridiron and at DraftWire. Uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have a lot of you know interesting stuff coming out, and it's gonna be fun to see where all the guys I've been watching for the past few months uh, see where they end up. Yeah, it's it's a really exciting time. A little different for Bears fans this year with no first and second round pick, but but for a for a hardcore draft nick like you, you're all good. Absolutely. All right, so, so we talked a little bit in, in the pre-show, and I said I didn't want to talk about running backs much um, because basically the position has been covered so much on our site, and, and, and I know Bears Over Beers have done a couple shows on that, but but I lied. I do actually have two questions for you about the position. So so earlier on Tuesday, Bears GM Ryan Pace actually mentioned Ryan Nall by name as a guy that could be in the mix at the position in 2019. So are you buying that from him or is that just part of the typical uh, lying season that we hear GMs talk about this time of year? I mean, I can see it. I wouldn't totally rule him out as being a fourth running back on the roster. Maybe not active all the time on game day, but I could see him cracking the 53 man roster if he has a good preseason. 
I think he's got, you know, good receiving abilities out of the backfield. Obviously doesn't have that top-notch athleticism at running back, but I do think that in terms of a power back he, with passing va- uh, value on passing downs, I think he fits the scheme pretty well. Uh, I think also it depends on what type of talent the Bears bring in in the draft. If they choose to double down on a running back, then obviously his chances will go down. Uh, but I, obviously it's not a lock, but I wouldn't rule it out. I could see him being a uh, short yardage type of back or just someone to have on special teams. You know, when the Bears first picked up Nall, obviously he was a favorite of a lot of Bears fans. He had a real nice preseason. Um, but I looked at what he did in college. He played some H-back there. He played some tight end there. Uh, so I looked at him as a guy that can kind of fill that kind of H-back role in Chicago, uh, maybe even fullback if he learned that position. But then last year in preseason, it was, was all running back. So, you know, who knows where he's been practicing at. But if you look at his his measurables, you know, he's about the same height, weight, as far as and athleticism as tight end Trey Burton is. So, you know, maybe that's in the cards for him as well. What do you think about a, a change to maybe being a more versatile H-back, running back, tight end kind of guy? Yeah, I could definitely see that. He played a lot of H-back in college back at Oregon State. Uh, so he definitely has the experience at the position. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him move around a little bit at H-back, tight end, see him at fullback a little bit more, you know, give Michael Burton a little bit of competition, uh, especially considering how many guys they're going to be throwing in at running back in training camp this year. So I, I definitely would like to see him taking snaps at a bunch of different positions in the preseason. Yeah, I think he has the athleticism to be that guy. Uh, he can be a special team guy as well. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I think he has a shot at the roster. It's not a lock by any means, but he has a shot. So so, so my second draft, my second question about running back is, you know, I, I think this draft is full of a lot of, a lot of decent fits for what the Bears want to do at tailback. Um, a lot of five foot eight, five foot nine guys. They ball weigh about two hundred pound ish. You know, they all come from a spread offense in college, so you know they can catch the ball. Uh, some of them have lined up outside or in the slot. So, looking at the the group as a whole, do you think the value of the running back position in this year's draft is better uh, for them to wait and get a guy on day three? You know, I definitely think it could be the case. I, I think it depends on what type of players are end up being on the board in the third round. If you have like a David Montgomery or a Miles Sanders who yeah. falls in the third round, then it's going to be really tough to pass on one of those guys. But if they're gone, then honestly, I would prefer to see them pass on a running back in the third round because this is a pretty deep class. You're going to find guys in the fourth and fifth rounds who are capable of stepping in and contributing in that running back committee right away. So if you have the chance to add like an edge rusher, a cornerback, safety, any of those other positions, then I definitely think that waiting a round or two for a running back might be the smartest move. You think it's possible if, if let's say running back is a, is a position that bears, I said no running back talking, let's look at us talking running backs. <laughs> you know, but, but let's say running back is a spot where the Bears have, have their group of guys here that they want to go after. And, and, and let's say, you know, a guy like Sanders and Montgomery are still there and a couple other guys are still there that they kind of have their eyes on. You see him trading back off, off off that third 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 round pick. I can see it. I don't know necessarily if they do that. If they have their guy there, I could you know definitely see Ryan Pace sticking with where he's at 
and making sure that he gets his guy. But if there are multiple good running backs still on the board and they've decided, you know, there's a guy or two in the third round that they could get by trading back and acquiring like another like late round pick, that I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't know if it's going to be their top choice right now. I mean, it all depends on how the board plays yeah. out. But I think that it's definitely a possibility if they see a handful of guys that they like and they feel like they can still get them and acquire some more picks. Yeah, it's just that, it, I mean, from from the perspective of, 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 of twists and turns, this would be a really fun draft for Bears fans. So so that's it. No more running back talk, okay? Um, so so with the Bears, like I said, they don't have any major starting spots to fill. Pretty much the, the defense, offense are both pretty much set. So, you know, this could be a, a best player available type of draft. So if we're just looking for the Bears to add good quality football players at each pick here, you know, what is your best case scenario for that third round pick? Uh, my best case scenario, there are a lot of intriguing day two players that I've crossed paths with when watching their tape. One guy that I've personally taken a strong liking to is Iowa safety Amani Hooker. I feel that Haha Clinton Dix on the roster, he's going to be a solid placeholder, but he's on a one year deal. And I have a feeling that he's going to try and use this year to get a bigger contract down the line, surrounding himself with elite players on the Bears' defense to sort of, you know, boost his stock and his value on the open market. And I don't know if Deion Bush can be the type of guy to step into the starting lineup. No, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, when when you, if you get a guy like Amani Hooker on the board, I think he definitely stands out as a very good pick because as far as instincts go in this class I think he's the smartest safety I think he can diagnose the quickest he can jump routes really well uh he's good at you know accelerating and knowing you know what the play is going to be and making a play on the ball or getting a tackle quickly uh he has value in run support he's good in coverage uh he ran a sub four five forty yard dash at the combine and tested pretty well athletically. And I thought he had average athleticism on tape, so it's encouraging to see that he tested out above average at the combine. If he's available in the third round, which I don't know if he will be, yeah. But if he is, I think that that would definitely be the best case scenario for the Bears. Okay, so so let's say Hooker is gone uh, with that spot there. Um, is there another safety you'd be okay with the Bears taking in, in the uh, third round? In all honesty, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I'm a I'm a pretty big uh, Jaquan Johnson fan from Miami, Florida. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a hard-hitting physical safety. He's a little undersized, and he's not quite as good in coverage as Hooker is, I think. But he's another guy who fits that strong safety mold. Uh, Taylor Rapp from Washington tested pretty poorly uh, at his pro day, but I... I like his tape. He's, you know, a hard-hitting, intelligent safety. And if he falls in the draft, you know, he was looking at being a second-round pick. I could see him ending up being a third-round pick. If the Bears want to trade up for him, I don't know if I'd recommend trading up because they don't have a ton of picks for this year. But if they see a guy, you know, like Taylor Rapp, who's got, potentially really good value down the line that I wouldn't be opposed to snagging him. 
Yeah, I, I've, I've seen his name mentioned the last few days on Bears Twitter quite a bit. So I think he's a guy that I think Bears fans are starting to get turned on to. So I, I got one more question about safety. Uh, we'll go to the day, the day three guys here. You know, is there a day three safety that you seem to be a little bit more higher on than most of the other guys that are, that are putting big boards together that you'd be fine with the Bears going after? Uh, yeah. One of the guys that I've been pretty high on for a few months now is uh, Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers. You know, Rutgers isn't necessarily a big football school by any means. You know, they struggle in the Big Ten pretty much year after year. Yeah. Uh, but I really like what Saquon Hampton uh, brought to the table for them last year. You know, he's a team captain, big dude. He's about six one. Uh, he played free safety last year, uh, but I actually think he's a better fit at strong safety because you know he's an intelligent player. He's a good tackler. Uh, not a standout athlete on tape, but I think he's got the grit and the football IQ. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd be a. I think he'd be a valuable special teamer to start off. I could see him stepping in as a starter. I don't think that's his best fit at the next level, but I think he'd be a very good day three pick to add to boost that third phase. All right, that makes sense. And then the word grit there, of course, is something Bears fans want to hear. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so staying at defense back, we're going to move the corner, though. Uh, what are your thoughts on Michigan's David Long? I've seen uh, a, a lot of draft Twitter talk about him as a fit for the Bears. You know, he's 5'11", but he doesn't have the longest of arms. Uh, so is he a guy that would fit in outside, or is he going to play nickel for you? You know, I think he can play either outside or inside. Uh, I have him as a slot, although I wouldn't be surprised if teams try to, you know, put him outside. He's a strong think, dude, right? He's 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 physical player. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's one of the more physical cornerbacks I've seen at that size. Uh I think he also does a good job of blending, you know, athleticism and finesse into his game. You know, he's got pretty fluid hips, he can change direction well. Uh I like it, what he offers as a tackler. You know, not a lot of cornerbacks who are more fluid in coverage uh, are really that good as a tackler. Like LSU's Greedy Williams this year, he's Probably he's my top cornerback, but he's not a very good tackler at all. Whereas with Long, you know, he's you know, like you said, he's a physical guy. He's not afraid to, you know, stick his nose uh, in the ball and try and, you know, hit some ball carriers and try to force some turnovers. You know, there seems to be some uh, some Kyle Fuller in his game. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, they both have the same mentality. Both, you know, both competitors. So is there a day three corner prospect you think the Bears could, could get that, that has a high enough ceiling where he could actually compete for either nickel or, or outside once uh, Prince Mukamara, uh, once his deal is up? Because I think he next year he's a logical cut candidate with a huge deal coming. But is there a guy day three you think uh, has a potential? Uh, yeah, as far as one of those you know outside cornerbacks go for an Mukamara replacement, I could see Tim Harris from Virginia. He's a guy that I got introduced to really late in the draft process, like just a couple weeks ago as I was, uh, you know, finishing up my big board here. Uh, But I'm intrigued as to what he offers. Uh, He's had a bunch of injuries that have kept him. I believe he's had uh, two season-ending injuries from 2016 and 2017. He was supposed to be a senior in 2016, but then that didn't go well. 2017 didn't go well. This year he finally got healthy, so there's you know injury and age concerns, but he tested really well at his pro day. 
He's 6'2". I think he's definitely got the length to play on the outside. Uh, really good athlete for his size, which I found to be impressive. And he's got you know solid physicality in his game. I think that you're taking a risk in drafting him, but when you're looking at guys to select on day three, yeah. I think he's definitely the type of guy that you take a risk on. You know, those those guys come back from injury, have some injury questions. You know, if you're going to gamble on them, you may as well do it in the on the third day as opposed to earlier in the draft. So, so yeah, that's definitely a good, good, good guy there. But what about for Nichols? Is there a guy that you like at Nickel uh, on, day, on day three? Yeah, for Nickel, I'd have to go with the smaller school guy. I have to go Jimmy Moreland out of James Madison. Uh, he's a smaller corner. He's uh, I know for sure he's under 180 pounds. I think he's about 175. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, so he's definitely going to have to bulk up a bit. But I like he's a really good athlete. Uh, he's got good ball skills from the little bit that I've seen of him. There isn't too much available on him. But from the flashes I've seen, I'm really interested in what he offers. Uh, as a you know, he can change direction well. He's got good deep speed. Uh, and yeah, and overall good ball skills. Like I said, I think he's got the potential to be a sneaky good pick on day three, who can possibly start for a few teams down the line. Didn't the Bears meet with him or work him out earlier in the, uh, this year? I believe so. I I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm, I think I've heard him tied to the Bears before. I, I think I wrote that article, actually. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure when you mentioned the name, I'm thinking, I, I remember this guy. So, uh, so yeah. it's okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, go out, get out of the, uh, the secondary. Uh, let's move up to outside linebacker or edge, as all the cool kids say. <laughs> uh, you know, so the Bears, again, they don't have a desperate need here, uh, but you can never have enough pass rushers. Uh, so my question to you is, you know, where's the value at the position this this year? Is it deep enough for the Bears to get a quality guy late, or are they better off uh, getting a guy in, in, in the third round if they will, really want a guy to come in and compete for reps as a rookie? I think that it would be smart of them to draft an edge rusher early because I do think that there are some talented edge rushers late, but you're not getting guys with as high upside when you're drafting players late because yeah. the you know the success mark for edge rushers getting selected that late is admittedly really low so I think they'd be better off drafting an edge rusher within the first two rounds if they're going to do it and expect them that guy to step in and start down the line or at least have a valuable role on the defense uh, yeah I think that they'd be better off selecting someone early on because, you know, if you're taking a risk on a guy in like the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, then odds are they're probably not going to be much more than at best a rotational guy, someone who can take snaps on special teams. Yeah. And I don't really think the Bears want to have a repeat of Kylie Fitz where someone who <laughs> gets little to no playing time the whole year. You know, I wasn't actually asking about Fitz, so, so I guess I'll get to that now. You know, what are your thoughts on Fitz? Because, like, I watched some of his tape last year, and and his tape from from his senior year was not very good. He had, the, I think, a, an ACL injury, uh, but I actually found some some stuff of him from I think his sophomore year, and he just seemed like a much quicker player. So, is there any chance that the Bears are going to get him? You know, fully now two years away, away from the, the injury to his knee, where his athleticism will finally flash. Uh, I can see it definitely showing up in flashes. I don't know exactly 
the extent to which they'll get it. But, you know, on tape, he was a good athlete, you know, fired off the ball pretty well coming out of college. But I don't know how he's going to hold up in the NFL. Yeah, We still don't really know how he fares against, you know, starting offensive linemen. So I don't know. I mean, the fact he didn't play isn't necessarily reassuring, but I'm not going to give up hope on him. I still think that there's, you know, there's a spot on the roster for him next year. But I think that he's going to have a lot to prove in the preseason or offseason. I could see him as a potential, you know, surprise cut candidate, but ultimately I think he makes the team. Right now it's just a matter of if he can prove his worth to stick around for longer than another year. Him or Isaiah Irving, who do you think has more upside? You know, I, I'm not 100% sure because <laughs> I still think we want to see Fitz yeah. play at the next level. Right now I'd say Irving just because I think he has more special teams value. But Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd say – yeah, ask me again later on in the year and I will have a more definite answer for you. But Fair as enough. of now, I'd have to go Irving. Fair enough. So, so I'm looking at your big board and we're talking about Edge here. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, if the Bears see, have a guy they like in the third round, you think they should pull the trigger. Uh, your big board has a guy named uh, Justin Hollins from Oregon at, at number 83 overall. It's funny because this is a guy that, you know, early on in the draft process, I was doing a lot of stuff, uh, going online, looking for a lot of players. And, and he's a guy that was way down everyone's board. And then for whatever reason, I don't know if it was just just the combine numbers, which he actually killed the combine. Uh, and then everyone else has him up higher. So is Justin Hollins a guy that you've always been high on from, from the start? And do you think that if he's there at, at in the third round at 87, the Bears could pull the trigger? Uh, I think they could pull the trigger. He hasn't been on my radar for as long as I had hoped. Uh, I was a little late getting to him, admittedly. But, you know, after watching his tape, I definitely agree with uh, his combine testing in that he's a really good athlete. Yeah. And that's apparent on tape. You know, fires off the ball. I like what he offers in coverage, too, because not a lot of pass rushers I've noticed in this class have a lot of value dropping back and coverage and covering, you know, receivers, tight ends, running backs. But I think Justin Hollins has the athleticism to do that which I think is going to help his versatility on passing downs. And I think that if the Bears were to select him in the third round, he could potentially spell Leonard Floyd when his contract expires because, you know, Bears are going to have a lot of tough uh, salary cap decisions to make these next few years. Yeah. And ultimately, with the way he's been playing right now, I think that the Bears would be better off letting Floyd get a payday elsewhere and focusing more on like Cody Whitehair, Eddie Jackson, guys that are more crucial to the performance of their team. So getting someone like Justin Hollins, I think you'd be getting a guy who can play Floyd's level similarly and do a lot of the things that he does well. Robert Zaglinski's not going to like that take right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know he's not going to like that. but And I, I want Floyd to do well. I really do, and I think there are flashes there, but... Ultimately, I I don't think that he's proven right now that he's worth locking up long-term over other guys. You know, his last eight games last year was really good. I think that's kind of what put him on the radar. You know, he was a Pro Bowl alternate. Um, And when you look at his season, you know, his first half of the year, you know, he didn't do much. His second half of the year, he was really productive. So 
if 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 maybe this is the Floyd we're getting now, maybe this is who he is now, maybe this is who he'll be moving forward, and if that's the case, he may price himself you know away from the Bears. I mean, the Bears have the fifth year option coming up. That's an option there, obviously for them. But you know, if he continues ascending like he has, he may not be the guy the Bears can even afford. Yeah, and that's one of the bad things I guess you could say about having a good team is that you have to let good players go. Yeah. You know, Bryce Callahan was a good player with the Bears. Adrian Amos was a good player with the Bears. They weren't great, but they were good. The difference there is that the Bears need to keep their great guys, so at that expense, they have to let some of their good guys go. And I think right now Floyd falls in that good category. He's definitely a good pass rusher. And I think that, you know, if he irons out consistency, he can be, you know, a high-impact starter. I just don't think... He's great, and at this point in his career, I don't think he's going to be great. So I think the Bears, as of now, would probably be better off spending elsewhere. Plus, he's a little older. He was drafted, I think, at 25, so I think he's he's pushing 28 now, isn't he? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. I have to go check, but yeah. yeah. I I know he was an older rookie when they drafted him, and that was one of the, you know, a lot of the discussion back then. So, so it's possible. So, so let's, let's go to the offensive side of the ball here. We talked a lot about defense. You know, let's go to offense and in a position that some people think is, is a pretty, you know, sizable need for the Bears, uh, is tight end. And a lot of that revolves around, you know, former second round draft pick Adam Shaheen. Uh, so where are you at on him? Is it time to stop counting on him to be productive? Or do you think he's going to shake the injury luck and, uh, and, and, and make an impact this year? Uh, I don't think the Bears should necessarily count on him. I think that if he does well, then it's an added bonus. But at this point, you know, his first two years have been, you know, really disappointing. Even, you know, injury uh, hurt his second season there a bit. But he just hasn't looked a part of his draft status at all. Yeah, uh, He's looked clunky when he's running routes. He doesn't those baby Gronk comparisons are really it really set the bar high for him and he's just not reaching that and that's what I was kind of worried about because I thought he was a pretty big reach in the second round uh that's the one you know pick besides probably like Jordan Morgan from that draft that I don't think yeah is you know is necessarily a good one but yeah I just don't think that he's proven to be a you know reliable route runner uh, he's so, shown flashes as a red zone target, but you know when you're drafting a tight end in the second round, you want him to be more than just a guy who can catch like four touchdowns on like 16 catches on the year. You want a guy who can be a big part of the offense. And though I don't think they should give up on him right now, I think that they shouldn't expect him to do incredibly well. And I think that this year is going to be make or break if he sticks around the long term you know the bears were really high in him obviously last year and you know he actually was a big part of training camp you know if you, if you, i think you were there a couple of days and and you know he was catching a lot of balls in camp and in the bourbon a so, so so this is a guy that if he's right if he's healthy he could be part of the offense but like you said when he has played he does look clunky he just doesn't look like a very good athlete yeah and with that's one of the issues I'd say with watching small school prospects is knowing whether their athleticism is a result of poor competition or if they're legitimate athletes. Yeah. Uh, and with Shaheen, I always got the feeling that 
it was, you know, the former that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing very good athletically in terms of NFL prospects. But as far as, you know, comparing him to, you know, FCS like Division Two guys, uh, he looked a lot better as a result of the weaker competition there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that he's shown NFL caliber athleticism, yeah. at least for a starting tight end. You know, I will say this for Shaheen. You know, his blocking did improve quite a bit from from his rookie year to last year. He looked much he looked he looked much more of of the part of a blocker there. And then with his size, and, and we see six five six six. You know, uh, 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 two seventy. You know, if he's a guy that can get you some red zone touchdowns, being a guy that can, that can run the, the the stick route and just just post up guys and can catch the ball. I think there's value for him there. But as far as thinking, he's you know the whole baby Gronk thing you said. Baby Gronk. Just, ter- anyone has baby as a nickname was just horrible to begin with, and then I just think it's a it was a, a bad way to start him, and, and, and especially with Bears fans because Bears fans are like, oh my god, he's the next Gronkowski, you know. It's it's just a, it was a, a bad way to start his 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 Bears career. So I think, like you said, he may give him kind of like the uh, maybe the Kevin White treatment to bring in another guy to compete. If he's good, he's good. If he's not, he's not. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I do think he's improved a lot as a blocker. I think he could be the type of guy that the Bears thought Deion Sims was going to be. Yeah. You know, albeit you know, much cheaper, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. But with the weapons that the Bears have on offense and, you know, add in another running back or potentially, you know, another receiver tight end of the draft, uh, Shaheen's not going to get a ton of catches, odds are. But I think, you know, he's – the type of guy you can give him like a catch a game or something like that yeah. and rely on him uh, on running downs on like first and second down you can you know put him in there in like a two tight end set and help him pave the way for running backs and occasionally you know run routes every once in a while so the bears did meet with jay sternberger from texas a&m who's one of the top tight ends in his class he's not going to last to 87 is he i don't think he will I mean, I think there's a slight possibility, but honestly, I think he goes before that. I think he's one of the best receiving tight ends in the class. I have him at number five. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm high on him, obviously. I think he can be a starter in the long run for a bunch of teams. So I think there's a possibility he falls that far, but... I th- ultimately think he goes early third round. So, so you mentioned that uh, you know Shaheen, best case scenario, maybe maybe all he is the DN Sims type of blocking guy. Is there a guy late you think the Bears can kind of bring in here that can kind of fit the more of the athletic uh, uh, Joker type tight end role? Uh there are a handful of guys. Someone I thought is pretty interesting is uh Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. Uh, I think that he's a well-rounded tight end. He's a solid athlete who can run routes and catch the ball well but he's also not a he's a solid blocker I've noticed and I think that that versatility and ability to do it all is you know definitely help out his draft stock I've seen him mocked as early as the fourth round and I could see that I have him around that value as well I've also seen like fifth round I think if the Bears you know, are on the you know on the clock in the fifth round, and he's still available. I think he'd be worth a shot. Uh, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame's Elise Mack? I think it was EJ that had a, had a, a Twitter thread about him a, a couple days ago. You think he's a guy that Bears could target late? 
Yeah, I saw that uh, Twitter thread, and I think he's got a lot of, you know, he's got athletic potential as a receiver. Uh, I think he's got room to improve as a blocker, but in terms of, like, general explosiveness and open field speed and acceleration, I think he's definitely a guy worth looking at. You know, about 6'5", like, around 250 pounds, so he's a bigger dude. But I do like what he offers as a receiver. I think there's a lot of work with there, you know, with his fluidity and all that. I think he's worth the late round target. I mean, he's more. I think he's more of a project right now. Okay. But you know, around I'd say fifth, sixth round possibly would be where I'd take him. You know, Bears don't have a six rounder, but if they choose to, uh, you know, trade back or you know do any trade ups or anything, I think that he'd be a guy worth looking at. Now you mentioned he's what six five two fifty ish. Yeah. He doesn't have the Baby Gronk nickname, does he? Oh, no. Okay. He, he definitely doesn't have that. Then no. That's okay, then. Okay. So so last but not least, I want to get your thoughts on adding some offensive line depth. Uh, because, you know, while, while I, I like Ted Larson. I think he's a solid reserve player. You can back up all three spots in the interior. Um, I do think a young guy that can back up inside would be nice to have. Uh, is, is there someone you think that fits the Bears scheme that they can get on day three? Uh, yeah. There's one guy I think actually really fits that system very well is uh, Garrett Brumfield, a guard from LSU. And he's a guy who's really undersized. He's about 6'2". He's definitely under 300 pounds. I think he's 290, maybe even 285. So he's a smaller guy, and he's definitely going to need some uh, work in NFL weight rooms. But I'm really impressed with his movement abilities. I think if you're looking for a zone-blocking guard, you can definitely find that in Brumfield. Uh, he can move around in space well. He looks fluid when he pulls. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he tested pretty well at the combine as well. Uh, yeah, I think, and he's a pretty intelligent blocker as well. So I think that strength is the biggest weakness with him. And because of that, I don't think obviously he starts right away. Yeah. But if you give him a few years, you know, use him as you know interior depth on the offensive line down the line I could see him being a starter I wouldn't totally rule it out I wouldn't totally rely on him to be a starter but I think it's not out of the question with him is he a guy that played exclusively guard or is he a a center guy too uh from what I believe he's strictly a guard I mean from the tape I've watched I only saw him at guard so if he played center I'm not 100% sure but I, from what I know, like last year he played at guard. Cool. Jacob, I think we're good. We went over about, uh, about a half an hour here. I, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. I had a great time. Hey, what do you say we do it again on Friday night and we can recap what the Bears did on day two, plus give like a mini look ahead to Saturday. Does that sound cool? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So so we'll work on those details off the air. And that's a wrap, guys. Thanks for listening to T-Formation Conversation on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. You know, Make sure you guys all subscribe to the show. Make sure you uh, all subs- uh, subscribe to all the shows on the channel. Give us a rating, a thumbs up, five stars, whatever they do these days. So until next time, bear down, my friends.